For most consumers, the search for a healthcare provider is a frustrating maze of bewildering choices and unanswered questions. And they really want to hear what other patients have to say in order to make a decision with confidence. With Loyal's Empower Solution, you have the tools to do just that. Empower your patients, the patient, and provide a solution. Maximizing star ratings while introducing deeper insights into what patients really are saying about their experience. You could sort, approve, and publish patient reviews of physicians, services, and even practices using some of the intelligent features like auto-approval and syntax highlighting. To learn more, visit them online at loyalhealth.com. Welcome to The Exam Room. I'm your host, Brian Vardabedian. So I think this is the sixth or seventh episode of The Exam Room, if I'm not mistaken. But it's really been quite a ride so far, and I came into this having never spoken into a microphone, let alone interviewing someone. And I'll tell you, it's really been a blast, and I uh, really love audio as a medium, and I look forward to continuing the show. I appreciate all the guests who've been brave enough to come into The Exam Room so far. As I've joked with all of them, an exam room is where uncomfortable probing happens, so they've been kind enough to give me a chance with an unknown show, and um, I also want to thank all of you who have listened and shared. Your feedback and encouragement has been incredibly helpful. As always, you can subscribe on whatever platform you listen to. For podcasters, as you may or may not know, those subscriptions are really important in terms of driving visibility and listenership. If you don't subscribe, you can find out about new episodes by subscribing to my weekly newsletter over at 33 Charts. That's 33charts.com. Just look up and hit the 33 mail tab and subscribe. Beyond curating some of the most fascinating chunks of health-related and tech-related information from the week, I catch you up on the new podcasts and 33 Charts blog posts. So if you paid attention when I introduced this show in the spring, I suggested that I really want to experiment with different formats in audio. And so I'm going to do that for the first time today. While I'm going to continue to bring you amazing conversations, and I like to call them conversations, not interviews, I'm trying something of a riff or kind of a controlled rant. I'm going to take a quick dive with some quick lessons on controlling your digital footprint. Now, the conversation over the next few minutes is really centered on health professionals, but it really applies to everyone. We all have digital footprints, whether we're marketing professionals or medical students or nurses. So hopefully you'll pick up something from this quick hit podcast. So it caught my eye and got me thinking about this this week was this case of this young doctor who was involved in a medical error. His name is Dr. Ricardo Quarry, Q-U-A-R-R-I-E, and the story is from CNN, August 2018, if you want to look it up. He's a cardiothoracic fellow at Yale New Haven Hospital, and he was publicly accused of lying to a patient to cover up a surgical mistake. Now, the attorney who made the accusation ultimately recanted, but the genie was out of the bottle and the infosphere was was seeded with all the bad stuff about Dr. Corey and all these these fake stories about his lying. And so the, the big question or the headline was, how does this young doctor get his reputation back? So what struck me about the report in CNN and some of the other news uh, stories as well was that the experts or the reputation experts who were interviewed brought this kind of sense of helplessness that 
uh, over Dr. Quarry's future and that basically he was screwed. All this stuff was out there and there's nothing we could do about it. Honestly, I felt like reaching through the screen and grabbing some of these people because I know and some of you know who listen that this isn't the case. We really have we have agency and we have control over over our footprint. Uh, for doctors, of course, most of us don't know that. The world really is a different place now for most of history. All re- we really had to worry about was how we looked in the clinic. The reality is that we now exist 24-7 in a world far beyond the clinic. And physicians, as we see in the case of this, this young surgeon from the Cleveland Clinic, are thoroughly unprepared to deal with the stuff that's going to come their way with regard to public dialogue. Uh, few of us really know what the rules are and what the tools are, and so I want to dive into it a little bit. And so let's start with the definition, and the first definition that I'll throw out that I'll be using is digital footprint. This, of course, is what people see and understand about you when they look for you online. It's basically the structure of our public presence. You'll notice that when I when I say digital footprint is what people see and understand, it's what they perceive is as important as what's real. So online perception trumps reality. So digital footprint's a really important thing to keep in mind. And for Dr. Corey, it's really his footprint that he's worried about. And so I'm just going to run through a few things that I would tell him if he were sitting in front of me. Um, And hopefully these are things that his mentor should be telling him. I think we have an obligation to be training the next generation in how to handle some of these situations. So Write some of them down. If you if you don't want to write them down, you can go over 33charts.com slash reputation dash rescue. That's 33charts.com backslash reputation dash rescue. And I'll have some of this stuff detailed. So the first thing I would tell them is you've really got to manage your expectations. Despite the things that I'll mention here in the next few minutes, the stuff that's out there about this case it just isn't going to go anywhere soon. I know it's discouraging, but when we're rebuilding a tarnished footprint like this young surgeon has, you have to look forward and worry about the things that you actually can control. We really have to look forward. Second thing I would say is that information lives in a stream. So most of us were raised in a world where information is static and fixed. But the good news is that you know information is now linear and it floats along in this uh, information stream. And while fake news... Uh, around this case is probably going to linger for some time. It will likely fall out of view or get pushed down the stream to page four or five where nobody looks. So our job or the job of Dr. Quarry in this case is to make this stuff less visible behind the wall of stuff that shows your brilliance. The third point is kind of a good news, bad news one, and it's, it's important. And that is that you have no control over what people say, but you have 100% control over what you say and create. Okay, you have no control of what other people say, but you have 100% control of what you say and create. So because of the first reality, you have to act on the second. If you create nothing, you're entirely at the mercy of what's created about you on your behalf. So you as a physician with a public reputation have a new responsibility to be involved in creating the reality that people see. This goes for all health professionals as well. So when you do a vanity search on Google, There's a first page on Google, whether you make it or whether someone else makes it. So you can create your own story or someone else will be glad to do it for you. The fourth point is kind of important. 
um, and you have to follow me along in it. But remember that there are only two things in the information stream. There is content and there's conversation. Content is the stuff we consume. It's videos, it's written text, it's pictures, audio just like this. And the second thing is conversation. It's our chatter, like tweets and threads and Facebook. So when you think about it, this is all there is in the internet, the stuff we consume and conversations we have. And these are really different things. And the important difference is that most content like video and type and even audio like this is almost permanent. People can find it when they search for it. Google indexes it. And so it's the stuff that's going to make up your digital footprint. Conversation, on the other hand, is fleeting. It's there and then it's not. So we want to create the stuff that people are going to find six months from now. Number five, you really want to think about your online map. Think about where you're going to place that content. You want to think about where where is your brilliance going to live? The stuff that you create, where will it where will it sit? Where will you park what you make? Um, if I were to sit in front of a whiteboard with you, what would that map look like? For me, my digital footprint is centered on 33 charts, my blog. Um, I have social conversations on LinkedIn and Twitter mostly. Those conversations draw people back to my content, which lives on 33 charts or to this podcast. So for Dr. Corey, I would tell him for number six, max out your public profiles. So if you want to populate the internet with good, consumable, searchable content, like I just said, you've got to start with your public profiles. So public profile is a place that houses your name and credentials and picture and bio. LinkedIn is a great example. It's a classic public profile. People will look at it and they'll learn about you. Um, other places that can house your public profile are Doximity. I will disclose that I'm an advisor to Doximity. Uh, your hospital uh, bio site, as well as the medical school you may work at. All these things are really important because they search really well. Now, if you Google me, Brian Vardabedian, MD, um, you're going to find some some things there on the first page of, of, of Google. Um, now, keep in mind that everyone who's listening to this podcast who searches on Google is going to see a different result because, remember, Google's an advertising platform and it's going to push you things that it wants to push you to try to get you to buy stuff. But if you're like most people, you're probably going to see on the first page when you put my name in a number of things. You're going to see my public profile for Texas Children's Hospital, one for Baylor College of Medicine. You're going to see a U.S. News and World Report link. You're going to see LinkedIn and health grades. So five of the top eight results on the first page of Google are public profiles. The other, other two are 33 charts and some other things. But if I want to kind of hide the things that I don't want people to see, and there are some things out there way back on page 30 or 40 under my name, I want to make sure that I'm maximizing these profiles because they're going to land on the first couple of pages where people are going to find them. So on these profiles, a couple things you want. You want a great headshot. Uh, you want a great story like biography. And you really want to detail the history of your education and your experience. And under that experience, you really want to tell what you did when you were there. So anything you can put in paints a picture for you and paints that picture for what people uh, will find about you. And it, it allows you to shape what you want people to know. For medical students or trainees, uh, your bio or your background may not be that long, and that's okay. 
I always tell our medical students to start small. Use your bio to discuss your passion and your vision for whatever you're going into or whatever you're going to match in. The final thing I would say about public profiles, again, which is the first place we should start with content, is that a great way to start is to look for a great role model that you can mimic. Look for someone in your field uh, or someone in your specialty and uh, who's done this maybe and look at their look at their LinkedIn profile or Doximity profile and kind of mimic that. So number seven, the solution to pollution is dilution. So beyond your public profiles, you want to create the stuff that people will find. Uh, remember that we can't control what other people say, but we can control what we create. So for Dr. Quarry, we want to create as much stuff as possible that pushes that whole conversation about medical error and lying right out of the first couple of pages of Google. So he wants to be creating searchable stuff that people will find when they look for him. And that quote, the solution to pollution is dilution, I first heard from Lee Acey, who's the director of the Mayo Clinic Center for Social Media. He's a great resource for this sort of stuff. So what can, what can you create to push that stuff down and out, or the bad stuff down and out? For Dr. Quarry, that could be educational material for patients. It could be commentary on current events related to cardiothoracic surgery. A great way for him to do that would be to work directly with, with his hospital or institution to tell them, you know, that he wants to create, you know, create some stuff and build some stuff. Usually hospital marketing departments are thrilled to have a doctor willing to do blog posts or make short videos. So basically, uh, looking at Dr. Corey's uh, digital footprint, it doesn't appear that he has a blog or that he's created content. I will add that he does have a pretty nice LinkedIn profile. Um, and he does have uh, apparently a Doximity profile because the U.S. News and World Report link comes up. So where can he put his content? A couple of places I would think about. These are these are what I call surrogate blogs. They're other people's blogs that you put your stuff on. Uh, Kevin MD is a great one. If I were Dr. Corey, I would plan four posts on Kevin MD over the coming year. I can assure you that at least a couple of those would wind up on the first page of Google when his name is searched. Uh, Kevin Poe is a great guy. Uh, he's created this amazing platform that is just custom built for people like Dr. Quarry to kind of get themselves back on their feet. Tincture, T-I-N-C-T-U-R-E, is a great site that, that that takes on commentary. It's on Medium. Doximity Opmed, O-P-M-E-D, is fantastic. Uh, you should join Doximity. Uh, they love to get content uh, and material on uh, from doctors like Dr. Quarry. Stat, the news journal site Stat, S-T-A-T, has an opinion column called Stat First Person. They're kind of selective, but it's a good place uh, to, to put some stuff, and it searches really well. And I would say, finally, given that LinkedIn profile that, that Dr. Dr. Corey has, that's pretty good, um, he can do blog posts right on LinkedIn. Number eight, my advice for him would be to change the narrative. Stop doing stories about how you are so wronged. Start building written and recorded material that reflects your brilliance and your passion and your expertise. We don't want to create what's called the Streisand effect. So it's the Streisand effect is the attention that something gets when we get all worked up trying to get it removed from the public view. In other words, when there's something negative and we, we start attacking it or talking about it, 
the net effect is that more people wind up going to look at it. And the history is kind of interesting. It's called the Streisand effect because some photographers were photographing the coast of California a few years back, and Barbara Streisand got wind that in this photo essay buried somewhere in the thousands of pictures was the back of her beach house. And so she took some action to get the image removed. And so what did the world want to know once that happened? They wanted to know what was in her backyard. And so the pictures were blown up and so on and so forth. Had she just left it alone, uh, it just would have been another beach house that no one would have paid attention to. So the more we we draw attention to trying to get negative things removed or corrected, the more attention we draw to that issue. So this, you know, this story with Dr. Corey is really about the bad things that can happen with our with our footprint. And and the truth is that this is all, uh, or, or that the same footprint that has kind of uh, created some bad stuff for him and and stressed him out, um, also can be controlled. We as uh, professionals have a lot more control over what people see and understand. And uh, for Dr. Quarry, that should be really empowering and reassuring that he is in control. I always like to tell people when you're visible, people will talk to you. When people talk to you, things happen. And so um, that's what I leave him with. Uh, good luck to Dr. Quarry. It's all in your hands. I hope you've enjoyed this and picked up some uh, key points from, uh, from this uh, deep dive into digital reputation. And uh, thank you for joining me in the exam room. This show is made possible in part by the Social Health Institute. Through research and partnerships with healthcare organizations around the country, the Social Health Institute explores new and innovative ways for hospitals and healthcare organizations to develop and enhance their social media and digital marketing strategy. To learn more about the Social Health Institute, visit them online at socialhealthinstitute.com. That's socialhealthinstitute.com. Thank you for joining us in the exam room. If you like what you heard here, please rate the program, review us, or let folks know about us. And if you have any really cool ideas that you'd like discussed here, please feel free to let us know. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.